so on today's podcast episode, we are going to discuss mentoring and accountability and largely how it's how we've experienced that over our lives uh, or maybe haven't and then you know maybe things that we would have desired from it or things we have learned from it and kind of go from there and i think also we want to touch on that idea as a whole and whether it's being uh, what what the expectations are for maybe even just men or women, people of faith, people with, with without faith, and kind of just how that that interacts with life. So does that sound right? Yes. Perfect. Um, so we wanted to start off uh, actually reading from. Titus chapter 2, for those of you not familiar, that's a book in the New Testament. Um, who wrote that? Did Paul write that? I think so. Okay, yeah, it is Paul. I checked chapter 1. So Paul wrote that. <laughs> I'm guessing he's writing it to Titus. Um, so in chapter 2, it's a real like popular chapter that a lot of Bible studies, like uh, like study series, right, are taught on, like or like small groups, right? Mm-hmm. kind of the way it goes um so in titus 2 verse 2 i'll start there and i'm going to read through like verse 8 um and it says that the older men be sober reverent temperate sound in faith and love and patient the older women likewise that they be reverent in behavior not slanderers not given to much wine teachers of good things and then it says here in verse 4 that they admonish the young women to love their husbands to love their children, to be discreet, chaste, homemakers, good, obedient to their own husbands, that the word of God may not be blasphemed. And if you continue reading, and we'll touch on that in a little bit, verse 6 says, Likewise, exhort the young men to be sober-minded, in all things showing yourself to be a pattern of good works, in doctrine showing integrity, reverence, incorruptibility, sound speech that cannot be condemned, that one who is an opponent may be ashamed, having nothing evil to say of you. So, you know, even there, it's like a kind of a framework, right, that Paul's laying out towards Titus saying, hey, for the older folks, men and women, make sure that basically they're on point, they're being good people. And then it's going on and saying, hey, for the women, you know, encourage the young women on how to how to do these things, how to be good women, I guess. And then likewise for the young men. Um so that's kind of the, the framework that we're approaching this from and going over it. So Tracy, go. <laughs> well, we had just had a conversation about mentorship and I had shared that I have never had a mentor before. And then after we talked, I kind of was thinking about <laughs> is that really true? And so it did come to mind to me that when I was in the high school ministry at my church, mom actually was like, she talked to the worship leader and was like, my daughter needs to be on the worship team. And <laughs> and so <laughs> I got, you know, suckered into that one. Um, <laughs> and so the guy that was leading worship in our high school group was probably, I'm trying to think, he was probably 19 or 20 years old. 
But now that I think about it, he was definitely a mentor in my life. And I think the reason why he didn't immediately come to mind is because um, he's a male. And so, you know, we weren't having like heart to heart conversations about boys or, you know, so he was, but he definitely built my confidence, you know, even just being an introvert and being on stage that was obviously uncomfortable for me, like him pushing me to do solos. And there's just so much that he did do in my life that helped me grow in not just spiritually, but just as a person, you know, high school, you're just, or I wasn't very confident or sure of myself. And so, um, yeah, just being valued by someone and being seen and, I don't know. There, there are aspects that he definitely served as a mentor, but I think um, it would have been inappropriate for a 19, 20 year old boy to like develop any real intimacy with, you know, a freshman in high school. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, so, definitely. So what it was, I, it was limited. Yeah. But I, well, I think even in you mentioning that, that brings up like an interesting point because I, I guess even defining like what, a mentor is because obviously that person served to mentor you in that specific aspect, um, which I think can definitely be the case. Maybe, you know, somebody is that person that you seek advice or wisdom in a very specific aspect of life versus maybe someone who we see as more all encompassing that we're going to share everything with, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, And so those are even probably two different, Two different aspects. Um, I did a quick Google search right now. Um, so like mentor is a noun, is is an experience and trusted advisor. And then as a verb, it says to advise or train. Um, so it's even funny that, that it can be both, you know, a noun or a verb. So obviously a mentor can be someone that you look up to and you're building that relationship with. And then it's also something you can do in mentoring someone else. Um and and being that person so i I think even in in looking at it that way like you know you had the worship leader that that mentored you in that specific area i guess you could even align like a coach um or maybe a teacher who's like in in a subject that you're really passionate about that that's a mentor but um when when you think of the word mentor like how do you do you naturally go to more of like a life coach kind of a relationship is that definitely i yeah, I I think that's why when we were talking, that's what I was really hungry for was just this person that I could just spill my guts to and be really vulnerable with and you know, tackle those tackle those issues that, you know, I wasn't comfortable sharing with like, just anyone. With just anyone or just like let's just say it's an uncomfortable topic that's being taught at church. And it's like, oh, man, I I really struggle with that thing or that's a temptation for me. And, you know, you don't want to just like, hey, guys, like in front of everybody, like (laughs) um, you definitely just want that one human being or, you know, maybe more than one. But I definitely never had that. And I still am kind of searching for that sort of relationship now as a 30 year old. Well, and I think part of what you're mentioning is is like that ability to be 
transparent and not be judged because you know even even mentioning like questioning something like a teaching at church that can be multidimensional because either a you could be seen as weak or b some people could be like oh man they're questioning authority like here watch watch out for the heretic you know what i mean like it can go down that road really quick where you're like i just really wanted to think through this like and i had some questions and i'm really just looking for information and um well, so I, I also listened. Oh, sorry. I also just recently started listening to a new podcast um, called Let's Talk. And one of the um, podcasters is named Melissa B. Kruger. And she she mentioned that she wrote a book called Growing Together, Taking Mentoring Beyond Small Talk and Prayer Requests. And so I definitely mm. want to go buy that book. Um because I would say that that's kind of what I've gotten is the small talk and the prayer request. Like, oh, I'll pray for you. I mean, I have that with, you know, 30 people, you know. That right. There are plenty of people that are willing to pray with me or, you know, grab a coffee. But I don't have that person that I mentioned that is older and wiser than me and yeah, in that, in that regard. Even outside of maybe like a singular person, have you ever had like a really core nucleus of maybe like two or three that you could kind of maybe be really close to having that kind of openness? You know, I mean, I'm sure that there's an aspect of myself. I hate being vulnerable <laughs> um, because <laughs> I I associate that with weakness, and so even just. Um, I was just watching a video about like postpartum baby blues or even postpartum depression. And I was even thinking about my own experience after having my daughter, Eleanor, and just like experiencing emotions that I didn't even know. It wasn't even the emotions. It was the high and then the extreme low. Like I am an even killed person. I like to live just kind of Real on this real steady so to to go from like so happy to so sad in a matter of minutes was just like really hard for me to cope with but i didn't want to share that with anyone because it was um i mean i just wanted to have it all together really i wanted people to think that i had it all together oh man that's getting real deep right there i wanted people <laughs> to think that I had it all together. That is that is like the biggest pitfall for all of us. You know what I mean? So that's so I guess, you know, because I had mentioned um, in another episode, I don't know if it'll come before or after this one, but that, you know, nobody reached out to me, like, oh, right. <laughs> like all this stuff. But there's also a level of my protective shell. Like maybe there were times where I didn't let anybody in or um, – or maybe they, they might have even reached out, but it, maybe it wasn't so direct. And so because you are an introvert, you either missed it or deflected it or, or just kind of bypassed it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, have you found, like, because you mentioned that podcast, have you found that you've been able to kind of supplement some of that with, with a podcast where maybe if it's on a topic that's, you know, near and dear that you can kind of get some of that auxiliary information obviously it's secondhand so it's not as direct as having a a conversation but but if they're having conversations you can kind of glean from it you know 
Yeah, totally. I'm a reader. I love podcasts. Um, and even uh, we have a ministry at our church called the Titus Two Ministries. Um, it happens on Tuesday nights. It's happening tonight. And so um, they'll have panels or Q&As and it's like a big potluck. But like the speakers are speaking and then you sit there and listen. And so I really need I'm really looking for that exchange where I am also able right. to like, OK, can we stop forth. here and like, <laughs> like dig real deep? Yeah. I need I need I a to question dig about that right there. <laughs> And so I'm kind of just, yeah, I don't, I don't, I assume that I'm not getting as much out of a mentorship as I could be getting. Yeah, definitely. No, I, I, I hear that. When, when you're, when you're reading, would you say that you read like what people would call like self-help books and stuff? Um, not so, not so much. I know you like to read a lot of, um, like yeah, I fiction, read a lot right? of fiction. You're, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I guess to give you the the flip side of that, um, I've had a number of, I guess, mentors over the years. Um, my my earliest, I guess I'd almost want to tag one of my coaches. Um, my, my friend Travis, his dad was, was uh, he coaches in hockey and uh, roller hockey for those of you, because we're in California. Um <laughs> He he was the first one. I remember like when I started playing, like we we're I was playing in the street with a with my buddy Jason and and I mean we were like it was like the equivalent of the bad news bears. Like we just you know, we were just out there running around. He had no idea what we were doing. And and I remember his dad being like, Hey, um, I want you to come try out for this club team and I I remember that seemed like this crazy idea, like, oh my gosh. And um, you know, he drove us up to the tryout, me and a couple buddies, and we made the team and and you know, from then on, he was like helping me. I remember spending hours in his front driveway shooting slap shots with my friend. And, you know, he gave me like a, a really nice hockey stick one time. And I remember having shin splints and him rubbing, rubbing my shins, like rubbing the blood out from behind my shin bones so that they wouldn't hurt anymore. Like just really investing, you know. Um, but once again, it was in that particular, you know, niche of just sport like it was just in sport we didn't really talk you know beyond that um if i were to look at a at a broader sense um i've had the luxury of both a few individuals and and they've changed over the years just just as kind of life has changed um but i've had a couple individuals when it came down to like hey i'm I'm looking at some career moves or I, i need some advice as a father or this is what's going on in my marriage. Um, or, or I could ask them, you know, what do you think? What, what is your opinion, your experiences, all that good stuff. Um, and so, so are you these, know, the, I mean, I am sure that you consider your mentors friends, but are these friends, I mean, how do I say this? Are you, have your mentors been friends or is there some like level of authority or some, um, well, I think that's so. They are friends of mine, but that's there's a level of of respect. Um, it's not formal in the sense of like, "Hey, you're you're my student and I'm your mentor," but it's just there's as maybe just a, a station in life. Like, and these two men in particular, um, both of them 
are are almost old enough to be my parents. Like they're so there's an so age gap. Yeah, they're further along in life. So I, I look to them and I see them as as seniors. And if you look at like Titus two and it says, you know, the, for the old men, you know, be this way and then teach the young men. Um, there is that age gap there. So it, it's it it didn't, and that's why I wondered too when I was saying I wonder if this is different between men and women because because for for young men like it's naturally taught that you respect older men and that you you know when when you're a young boy at, at 10 11 years old those are the first times you're being you know taught hey when when so and so comes in hey you stand and you shake their hand and you give them a strong handshake and you look them in the eye like because of all of those things are are done to show respect to this older gentleman um so it, it's just kind of a paradigm that exists within like male culture and so that's what i was wondering if if that's the same or similar for women like I, I i have no idea but maybe that's part of why it's been harder for you to latch on to a mentor because it's not as as pervasive i guess or you know i don't know yeah me neither i was kind of thinking maybe it's because women or the women in my the older women in my life are mothers so maybe they're concentrating on their own children or i don't know i don't really know that could that could very well be true um or grandchildren or nieces and nephews you know yeah because because even for for rachel she's got um uh her friend luann you, you know luann right yeah um she i mean she's a huge part of Rachel's life when Rachel was really young and kind of, you know, searching and, and discovering who she was to, to this day. I mean, Luann's a huge impact, but Luann, you know, never got married and Luann didn't have any kids. Yeah. So I wonder um, if um, that so played that a part. Gave her that room. Yeah. You know, I, I would have to imagine she'd be the same even with a family, but, um, but it definitely gives her the room and the space to do that. Um, you know, on a real individual level. And, uh, and she's even doing that, you know, with my girls already, she's, she's pouring into them and it's, and it's such a blessing to have that, you know, have that older person. Cause then my kids too, it gives them a safe space outside of mom and dad, um, you know, that they could run to and, uh, and have those hard conversations or hard, hard questions, you know? Yeah. Um, but I, I think for me, like I said, those, those two men, even to this day, like one of them, I don't talk to very often because he's moved. So we don't see each other very much. But even to this day, when things come up and I'm like, hey, I'm, I'm curious how to do this or I need advice, I, I, I'm going to shoot him a text message and say, hey, got a question on some stuff. When do you have time? And we'll jump on the phone and you know, maybe it's 20 minutes over a lunch break or whatever, but we'll connect, you know, and, and I'm looking for that advice, that that wisdom from him. You know, sometimes it's like I said, career choices. Sometimes it's it's other stuff like big or small. But there's always that group. Um, and and then in addition to that, you know, men of my own age, I, I don't know that I'd call them mentors, but they're but they're peers that I respect. And so those are like guys in my prayer group. Um, just a couple of guys, but we've been praying, and and that group has shifted a little bit over the years. But I, I've had that pretty consistently for most of my adult life. And so even those guys are there to, to get into the, 
the deeper stuff. You know what I mean? And, yeah. uh, but once again, they're a little bit different in the sense that because they're my peers, I still respect what they're saying, but, but it, it, uh, I might be more willing to challenge them on what their opinion is versus some of the older guys. I'll probably question less. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I was, I was just thinking about that because now I can't remember if it's Jeroboam or Rehoboam or somebody, but I remember he gets, um, he becomes a king. And so his father's advisors are telling him like, treat the people of Israel with kindness, like, continue you know your father's legacy and then he goes to his peers and his peers are like use an iron fist like (laughs) and um (laughs) and so he goes and he follows his peers advice you know that he's gonna be this i think he says like what does he say like his pinky he's gonna roll you remember that first (laughs) no i'd have to go look it up i don't know okay anyway he just like he's going to roll with fear instead of with love and yeah and I don't think it's that our peers always get it wrong. I totally have that same support group right now where we're all young moms, we're all wives. And so like we're all navigating this, like raising children for the first time together. So that's a huge blessing. And the support system is amazing. But I feel like on some level, we're all like <laughs> clueless um, because we're all in the same boat. You know, it's yeah, kind you of just like- lack that experience. You know, there's there's really nothing that can replace experience. You You, you know what I mean? Like there's. There's no amount of reading. There's no amount of whatever versus like walking through it on your own. And I, I think that's why it is important to have that older person that that's been through it because they can relate on, on almost a deeper level, but then they can give you, you know, in a sense of authority, like, Hey, this is, this is likely what it is. Even, you know, the other day I watched um, the Godfather with my, with my two oldest daughters on father's day. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but even in there, there's, there's the consignetti who's, who's the advisor. And, you know, as, as Michael takes over the family, it, he has his dad and that's his chief, chief advisor before his dad passes. But it's, you know, there, and there's a scene where they're sitting there, they're, they're, they're sitting together at the table, his dad's drinking a glass of wine and, and his, you can just see his dad musing like, okay, what's, what's coming up? What's going to go on? You know, and he says, "Hey, Michael, have, have you checked on this? Yeah, yeah, Pop, I looked at that. Okay, 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 I got it. Sorry, you know, I, I, I can't help but, but mull over these things basically. And and then a few minutes later, hey, hey, what about this? Oh, oh, okay, Pop, yeah, you got it. But it's, it's this transfer of knowledge that's taking place, and then it's like that's what enables, you know, Michael to take over the family and and assume that authority and that power and, um." So like I said, I I wonder if that's part of why, it, you know, even there is, I guess, a classic example in media, like it's that, that patriarchy that's, that's very much celebrated and, and encouraged. And so even with my son, like when he turned 13, um, I invited, I invited dad, I invited Roy, my father-in-law, um, George, who's, who's a peer of mine. And, but who I respect, you know, a close friend. And then also my friend, Rich, who's older, but I see him as, as a mentor because he, he's been there for me for years. But it was almost like me taking the men that I respect and presenting them to my son saying, here, this is, I, I, I want to give this to you as a gift. Here's this key 
that you can have these men available, you know, so we, we barbecued, we broke bread. They shared, um, some just words of wisdom and, and we plan on having a meeting of, of that group probably annually at least, but, but then also, so that way it's, it establishes this foundation for, for bubs that, Hey, these, these are the guys that I go to. And then of course, over the years, he's going to find new people or, uh, people may come and go or, or, you know, one point pass away or whatever. But, um, I just want to set in motion that need for that, that core cabinet of advisors. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, that's awesome. So what do you think, what have you gained for, from having mentors in your life? Um, for me, it's, I mean, it's given me, um, w- wisdom in areas that, that I probably wouldn't have gained without slamming my head against the wall myself. I mean, by, by no means have they prevented me from making every bad mistake, but, but they've just opened my eyes to things that I probably wouldn't have seen. Um, and they've also just given me confidence to walk through trials or to walk through just, just those difficulties in life because it was almost expected. Um, there'd be times where I was going through stuff and and they would even spell it out like, okay, here's, here's what you're going to want to do. This is probably how they're going to react. And this is how you respond to that. And, and so I was able to go into things with like a full game plan. And then when things began to unfold the way that we had discussed, I I felt very sure footed in what I was doing because it was like, oh, okay, this is, this is the plan. This is what was supposed to happen instead of trying to like think on the fly with, with no, forethought or no kind of baseline to operate from if that makes sense yeah and i and i think that's been the biggest thing um but then i think also in having those relationships that's made me aware that i need to pour into those that are younger than me so so that's why you know like even in the high school group i've tried to be pretty active um same thing with the college group and uh, and then even with my own son like i need to prepare him you know one day should he have a family like he has to walk in that leadership role and and i want him to be as equipped as as he can be you know and and so it's it's you know and then one day hopefully he does the same so i think that's the biggest uh the biggest takeaway yeah i think another aspect of um mentorship that I'm looking for that I can't get from my friends is a level of objectivity. And because it's like, let's say I have a a conflict with Danny. Like there's a level of how do I bring this up, which I typically don't like if I have a problem with, you know, my husband, I'm thinking I don't want to share it because I don't want to paint him in a bad light. I don't want to disrespect him in any way. I don't want this to turn into gossip. Um, And so I feel like if I do, like I could share with my close friends, but I am almost concerned, like, will they start thinking about him differently or, you know, once I forgive him, are they still going to be like, are bring something against him? Or even if I'm just like, let's say I have a problem with one of my female friends like if we're all friends like again i don't want to gossip or you know change or make people uncomfortable like oh tracy has a beef with this person so 
So watch uh, out. Yeah, when they're when yeah. they're in the room together, like, oh man, here we go. Like, <laughs> and so I think like maybe that's an aspect of mentorship is that they're sort of. I think maybe there's a a part of it where they shouldn't be your friend. I mean, where there is a friendship, but there are boundaries in that, you know, they know not to share anything or they have confidentiality and, and maybe too, they, they'll also see like, Oh, these are, you know, they've been married for five years. This is a typical like five year argument. But now that I've been married for 20 years, like I know it it all blows over and you know what I mean? Well, and I think those are probably things, you know, maybe for people that are listening, this is something I would probably recommend like, making a clear distinction of it for if you're single, there's definitely aspects like you could, you could go to like a a married person or a single person. And, and as as long as they're reputable and of, of good character, like they're going to probably be able to lead you pretty well. Um, And, you know, you establish those boundaries as far as confidentiality, things like that. But if you're married, married man or woman and your mentor single, um, there's there's a, a gap there because they haven't walked through it. And so there's aspects that they can give you f- of life from their own experience and wisdom and maybe witnessing, you know, the marriages of friends or family. But since they haven't walked through it, they're not fully equipped to, to lead, if that makes sense. Um, and so even, even once again, for me and Rachel, like, Rich for me has, has been an awesome mentor. Rich can also speak into to Rachel's life because we have a very similar relationship. But then so does Rich's wife Rebecca. Like as as a couple, me and Rachel both respect them as a couple, and so they could either talk to us as a couple, or you know, Rich and Rebecca could talk to me, or they could talk to her. And there's almost like this mutual. It's like a neutral third party that we both know we're going to get sound wisdom. It's going to be biblical, but they've also walked through it because they, they are older than us. They've been through marriage. They've been through raising children. They've, you know, they've, they've done all these things already. So, you know, when I just, I guess I wanted to distinguish for people when you're young and single, um, that mentor may look different than when you're, if you've chosen to get married and then even had kids like, if if you have children and your mentor has never had children, once again, it it, it it's going to be a little bit harder for them to fully be able to to lead you through something. And I and I think even like when you look biblically at like Paul and Timothy, um, you know, beyond like their spiritual walk, being ministers, like sharing the gospel, we don't know what their full relationship looked like. But but Paul was every much, you know, able to share. Here's how to walk through things. Here's how to teach from the scriptures. Here's how to be confident in your faith. Here's how to deal with, with, um, you know, arguments or, or dissension among the brethren, like how to, how to carry on so that he could then, you know, write those letters and say, Hey, here's, here's things to be aware of. Here's things that are good. Here's what's bad. And then, you know, him even saying, you know, I've, I've fought the good fight. I've, I've run my race. Like, it's through that experience that Paul has that authority to speak into Timothy's life. And so it's definitely important that when you're choosing a mentor or, or when you're building that type of mentor relationship, that, that it's someone that has those is in a station to share those experiences, I guess is what I want to make sure that to clarify. 
Yeah. And so uh, maybe to wrap this up for listeners that like me don't have that mentor in their life, what kind of advice would you give people like us on seeking out someone? Um, Because I feel like that's kind of, for me, you know, I don't even know what kind of time, you know, do I want to meet with them? Maybe we don't even have to meet. I mean, coronavirus. Um, (laughs) Maybe we're just talking on the phone once a month or, you know. um, Yeah, it's definitely not something that has to be. I mean, I don't think that you need to have a set schedule, but it's good to have consistency in your relationship. Um, So even if that's maybe a text message here and there and then a face-to-face, you know, when available, I think that's good. Um, You know, for us, because we we have that relationship with the Lord, we have our fellowship at church, so we can seek people of of similar thoughts. Um, You know, if you don't have that, that's okay. Um, But you definitely want to find you know, maybe a family member, an aunt, uncle, um, a friend, but it, it's it's just important to cultivate those types of relationships. So, you know, you obviously can't just walk up to a stranger and say, "Hey, can you be my mentor?" But <laughs> mentor me. Yeah, mentor me. But that's why <laughs> like it's a important. little bird. <laughs> yeah, it's important to um, you know well, sow I think... those seeds for friendship, and then and then it can blossom. You know. Yeah, and I think like maybe it being this more organic thing because I think. <laughs> you can have um because I've experienced that too where there's just a person that um like you don't want to be needy and in the sense um like we have to remember too that you know despite not having a mentor like I have the Lord and um right and so I think I think that's another potential topic is, you know, making an idol of someone. And the first time you run into any problem, like you're dialing, you know, mentor and instead of going to the Lord, you know, going to the Lord, going to prayer, speaking to your parents, like there are so many people that have wisdom that can speak into our lives. So, you know, and that's why I'm not like, (laughs) you know, just because I don't have a mentor doesn't mean that I can't get good counsel. And, right. and that's what I do. It's, you know, I'm I'm going to several people in my life and not just this one, you know, Mr. Miyagi, you know, or um, so I think that's the same thing is you don't want to make someone the end all be all either. Yeah, I think let's let's talk about that in a follow up because um you there's even times that that was coming to mind where like you might reach out and they're not available and and then what do you do <laughs> you, know, <laughs> exactly. you know what i mean like you, you gotta you gotta still function you know so <laughs> yeah. um i think i think i definitely let's let's do that as a follow-up because getting into what that accountability looks like but then also you know the the goal of the mentorship is at some point that you are able to stand Fly. on your own yeah you want to believe the nest because at some point then you can mentor somewhere else you know um so yeah let's let's definitely um do that in a follow-up podcast so that'll be what we hit after this so the next episode we'll, we'll dive a little deeper into that what accountability looks like and kind of that end goal 
um, of what mentorship should be. You know what I mean? Yes, sir. All right, cool. So hopefully that gets you guys started on the topic of mentorship. If you don't have one, maybe open up your eyes and look around who's who's in your life that might uh, be a good fit for that. And, and at the same time, if you're like, man, there's literally no one in my life, you need to start making more friends. So, <laughs> But quarantine. No, just kidding. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, all right, cool. Well, uh, yeah, I think that's good for now. And we'll get going on the next one. Peace out. Adios.